Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill, Director of Community Outreach. This radio show is a way for us to shine a light on some amazing organizations that are doing wonderful things to help make our city a more caring and compassionate place to live and work. We hope that by sharing how our guests are making a difference, it'll inspire and encourage you to use your passion, your talents, and your resources to make a difference too. Today we're going to be talking about flying elephants and home ownership and how the two come together to better the community. Now, I'm not talking about the World War I super heavy tank that was planned by the British but never built. And I'm not talking about when President Truman in the mid-50s didn't want to ride the Dumbo the Flying Elephant ride at Disneyland because it was a symbol of the Republican Party. Nothing like that. Picture instead Dumbo applying for a mortgage loan. Think of (laughs) sweet, lovable Dumbo, a really good movie from beginning to end, with the message, what makes you different is also what makes you incredibly special. Okay, maybe that's a stretch, but we get the idea here. My first guest is Deanna Singh, founder of Flying Elephant, which provides dynamic presentations, inspirational storytelling, and practical tools to companies looking to engage in social innovation. Deanna is a highly respected thought leader who has spent almost 20 years researching, designing, and building asset-based solutions to complex social challenges. She is known for giving audiences the tools and the courage to imagine Activate and impact the world as agents of change. Deanna was recognized by the Milwaukee Business Journal as one of the community's most influential 40 under 40 leaders and the 8 under 40 to watch for the University of Wisconsin School of Business. Congratulations on all those accolades, Deanna. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be here with you, Jill. We are happy to have you here. Excited to hear all about this idea of the flying elephant. Where did that name come from? So flying elephant is actually a name that we came up with because the elephant is really culturally significant to me. I am a Sikh American and African American. And so in both India and in Africa, the elephant is incredibly important. Second, I just think that they're wonderful, beautiful, large, majestic creatures. And that yeah, you is, think of you think of Dumbo, right? I, I mean, he's so beautiful. He is he's, just he's, so sweet, yes, right? lovable. Yes, yes, majestic. Yes, he grows into being a majestic animal. But yes, yes. absolutely. And I especially, you know, think about his mother too, right? Yes. And that yes. is this concept of um, having something that's large and and really there and prominent, and something that you you have to respect because it's it's there. Um, and I also think that there's just some really important synergy in that idea idea of an elephant that can fly, right? So something that's Mm. big and majestic, but then being able to put wings on it. And I think that there's synergy between that and what I focus on in Flying Elephant, which is this idea of social enterprise. Um, When I think about social enterprise and social entrepreneurs, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to take these big ideas and then give them wings, let them take off uh, into the world and bring something new to bear. So that's where the idea came from. Okay. Well, okay. So you just use the term social entrepreneur and social enterprise. So for those that may not know what that is, can you elaborate on that further? Fantastic. I would love to because talking about being a social entrepreneur is actually one of my favorite things to do. So a social entrepreneur is a person who designs or establishes an enterprise with the aim of solving problems or affecting social change. Now, there's a couple of words in that definition that are really critically important to me. The first is that there's this idea of solving. 
So these are people who are really looking at what are the goods and services that I could actually provide that would be able to not just address an issue, but really solve for it. They're also people who are thinking about this in a sustainable way. So that also is incredible incredibly important. And when you think about sustainable, what they're trying to do is they're trying to think about goods and services that will have powerful social impact, but that will also bring in revenue so that they can be self-sustaining. Okay. So now this term can apply to nonprofits as well as for-profit organizations, right? Absolutely. So what you'll see is you'll see nonprofit organizations that have programs or they have products or they have, you know, enterprisable ideas. And what they're doing is they're going out and they're using what their mission is to actually provide a service to the community. A perfect example of this would be like a goodwill. Right. We all are able to have and benefit greatly from all the things that Goodwill does in our community. And how do they do that? Well, some of the support that they they are able to receive is through their stores. Mm -hmm. Right. And so by frequenting their stores, not only are we able to solve for an issue we may have, we're looking for a great Halloween costume or we're trying to do something like that. But we're also trying to figure out how we can support community members who want to have a job, who want to gain those skills. Right. And so that's, there's many, many examples, but that's a perfect one of a nonprofit that's using social enterprise. Yeah, that is a, that's a perfect uh, example. Now, you, I also understand that you have a foundation. Yes, we do. So tell us about that. So, you know, the whole idea of Flying Elephant was really to try and figure out how to further this personal passion that I have and this personal purpose that I have, which is really to shift power to marginalized communities. And so in that concept, we were thinking when we first established the company, like, well, what is it that we're going to do? How are we going to demonstrate what that looks like? And I think that one of, unfortunately, the largest marginalized communities that we have are our children, right? And Mm so what we end up doing is we make all these decisions all day long about what our kids should be doing and how they should be doing and when they should be doing and why they should be doing and just all these decisions. But we don't often include our children's voices. And so what we decided was to establish the foundation right away from the beginning and to make my sons, uh, they are 10 years old and six years old, but to make them actually the co-chairman of the foundation. And so what we do is we take uh, resources and we actually plug them into nonprofits around the city that are really focusing on positive images, particularly of children of color. Okay. Well, I think it's a it's a concept that people need to think about and act upon, and that is getting uh, our children involved. Um, I had taken my children to the Milwaukee Rescue Mission many years in a row to actually have them involved. It's one thing to to contribute, and that's fantastic, but to actually have your child involved, you know, boots on the ground type of thing, um, it's just it's it's a different awareness. And it just gives them a different perspective. Um, I actually interviewed another uh, children's book author, Christelle Vermeulen, who uh, had authored a children's book called Little Hands Helping. And it's along that same lines, talking about young kids really have an opportunity to make a difference. And it's wonderful that your sons are involved and that they get to have some decision-making opportunities and that really you've told me they run with it. They definitely do. One of the most, they could have done an interview for you today. (laughs) They're very (laughs) well versed. That would have been great to have them here too. They have school, so that is the decision Uh, I made for them. Uh, But do have to make those tough decisions every once in a while. (laughs) 
But you know what's so exciting to me is actually when I have the opportunity to go with my sons into an organization and they are able to communicate and talk to other children. I mean, first of all, the kids are just so excited that, you know, to see children that are essentially my bosses, right? So they get very excited about <laughs> oh, I that. I love that. And yeah, they, I'm love sure they love talking that. about that and asking <laughs> questions about that. But then they also ask them some really great questions about, well, who gave you permission to do this? And they say, we didn't have to have permission to do this. We all can be doing really great work. And so that peer-to-peer conversation that can happen even at a very young age, to me, is what this is all about, yeah, right? Is helping people see the power that they have already inside of them. Yeah, that's great. Flying Elephant's goal is to help you take your most ambitious ideas and put wings on them. So stay tuned to find out how Deanna is taking her ideas and giving them wings. We'll be right back. Leaving a legacy means something different for everyone, and we want to help you build yours. Hi, I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. Each day, we help our clients build their legacy from both a financial and a personal perspective. We meet our clients where they are and help them determine the best route to meet their goals. Our advisors work to preserve our clients' legacies and help transfer that legacy to the next generation. If your advisor isn't working to build or preserve your legacy, call us at 262-691-3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation in our Pewaukee, Whitefish Bay, and Bonita Springs, Florida location. We are committed to building strong, lifelong relationships with our clients. Advisory services offered through Ellen Becker Investment Group, EIG, a registered investment advisor. The next Jay Weber Town Hall is scheduled for Monday, October 22nd, and the featured guest is Governor Scott Walker. The venue is Embassy Suites by Hilton in Brookfield, and if you want to be in the audience, you have to apply for a ticket online. Go to Newstalk1130.com, keyword Town Hall, and fill out a short application. This will be an incredibly hot ticket, so attendees will be determined by drawing. The Jay Weber Town Hall is presented by Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Learn more by logging on to thekowalway.com. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I am sitting here talking with Deanna Singh, Chief Change Agent and founder of Flying Elephant. So another accomplishment to add to your growing list, Deanna, is author. You wrote two children's books and most recently released your first business book titled Purposeful Hustle. And you were gracious to give me a copy, which I just finished. Thank you. Lots of great ideas. I got lots of dog-eared pages and lots of highlights, a lot of, a lot of thinking going on and ideas. Um, you wrote in the beginning, there's a quote in the beginning by St. Catherine of Siena that says, Be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. We talk a lot on the show about using our talents, our skills, our resources, our passion to create a greater impact in the community, and your book really elaborates on all these areas. So you summarize the purposeful hustle as blending intentional thought or purpose with intentional action or hustle. Tell us a little bit more about what that means. Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for reading the book. You know, the it really is... 
so much of my life experience is put into it. And it's 20 years of people asking me that same question. Deanna, mm-hmm. how do I use my, you know, my, my skills, my talents, the things that I'm really passionate about to make a difference in the world, not just to affect my everyday, but to actually go out and do something. And so when I see a copy that's all dog-eared <laughs> and lined up and that it's, you know, something that you actually found useful, it really, really warms my heart. Uh, yeah, it's it, like my Bible, you know, it's falling apart and, you know, <laughs> There's all some people don't think that's good, but I think that is that's a that good is, sign. Yeah, that is L- a good sign. Of, I want to see marked up and the book beaten up and all of that. That's how you know that you know people are finding it a useful tool because Absolutely. essentially that's what it is. It's it's meant to be like here are all the things that I've learned along my way. Please use these tools and go way faster and way further than you ever could have dreamed of in anything that I could have accomplished. So yeah. and there's worksheets and stuff in there too that right. that's helpful. Yeah. yeah, we tried to I you know when I was thinking about how to do this, I really wanted to make it very practical. Because I do think that people always have that question, but they're not exactly sure on how to go about and do it. So let me explain what I what I meant, right, by this whole concept of purposeful hustle. The key to having purposeful hustle is really being intentional in your thoughts and in your actions. So I talk to a lot of people just through life who are so excited and want to change the world. And I get excited about their passions and their ideas and how they want to actually create change. But unfortunately, Sometimes what happens is it just gets stuck in the idea phase. And so I'll see them a couple of months later, a couple of weeks later, a couple of years later, and I'll say like, hey, I remember when you were telling me that you wanted to go out and do this thing. How is that going? You know, and you see them kind of their shoulders drop and they say, well, I couldn't you know, actually accomplish that and this stood in the way and all of this. And so the book is really about how do you have that intentional idea about what your purpose is and then how do you follow it up? How do you hustle, right? How do you show up in the world is how I think about hustle. So Mm -hmm. how do you show up in the world to actually move it from the idea phase to action? To take, uh, pull your bootstraps up and really you know, hit the ground running. I That's imagine. right. Yeah, right. Absolutely. How do you get out there and do something? Yeah. Well, it, it, it elaborated on that very well. And I, uh, you know, you think that, you know, something about the idea and then you read someone else's perspective and viewpoint and, and, uh, it's, it was very helpful, very, very applicable for me. Um, now that you've spent some years as a purposeful hustler, can you share with us how you figured out how to align your life's work towards making a positive impact? And then what advice would you have for others trying to do the same? So the very first thing you have to do, Jill, is you have to determine what your purpose is. Now, that may sound really touchy-feely, but it's so incredibly important. You have to be able to ask yourself some hard questions. What are you uniquely positioned to do in the world because of your experience, because of your passions, because of your skills and your talents? And if you can define what you can do about the way the world is, then you can start thinking really strategically about how you're going to hustle in that space. And essentially, you have to think about how do I align all those things that now I've identified what my purpose is, how do I align what I'm doing at work, at home, right, in my personal life, in my volunteer experiences to all align with that purpose? And that requires some refinement and some practice and some failure and some courage and some curiosity, right? And so it pulls... Resiliency and... Absolutely. It pulls at things that are really tough to do. But once you know where you're headed and you're committed to doing it, that's the number one thing. Once you get to that place, and I think once you get even a little bit of of that sweet taste of what it feels like when you're in that space, Mm -hmm. I think once you get that, you can't go back. (laughs) 
absolutely. Well, you had mentioned that once you defined it, you were able to then say, look at your your task list, for example, of the day, and say, how does this fit into my purpose? Exactly. You know how, and if it doesn't, then I perhaps be doing it. put it yeah on the back burner or you know shift it to a different list, right. if you will. You know, you're you're trying to align. Your, your purpose, your passion, your hustle with um, the things that, that you do every day, like you said. And uh, that's important to, to get that understanding. So um, you've clearly aligned a lot of energy and thought around this idea of purposeful hustle. And it's obvious how important it is to you and ideally for all of us as well. So if we all found our purposeful hustle, what do you think the impact would be on our community? How, how could we set the world on fire, as St. Catherine of Siena said? So I gave this a lot of thought. And like I said, this is almost 20 years of people asking me this question. And I have to tell you, you know, I was using my time on my commute to respond to people's requests for conversations. And I was doing it for years. And so, you know, three to four times a week, I was taking calls on the way to work or on the way back or sometimes in both cases, trying to help people find this. And what I saw over and over again is the people who committed to this concept and to some of this really hard work that needed to be done, what they were able to accomplish was phenomenal. I mean, I see them now, right? So it's the opposite of kind of what I see with people who don't Mm -hmm. live in that space. You see the exact opposite in their lives have completely changed. And so have their family life and just their community and what they've been able to accomplish is far, far exceeds what they could have imagined. So I've seen both ends of that spectrum. And so for me, this idea of writing the book was, well, it's inefficient for me to be taking those calls in my windshield time, right? And, (laughs) and I can't, I can't take all the requests that I'm, that I'm getting. And I'm also not able to give all of the information that I've tried to, you know, collected over this years. It's not a full toolkit in a 30 to 45 minute conversation. And so the book was practical in that way, right? I can do this and really still feel like I'm offering up uh, the mini gifts that were given to me and, and I'm re-gifting them. But then the other uh, reason for it is because I really believe so some of these things that we feel like are intractable issues, some of these challenges that have been chasing us for decades, right, centuries even, and the things that we're trying to solve for so that the world can be better for our children, that one of the key, like, solutions, right, so we talk about root problems, but I think one of the root solutions is activating more people, getting more people excited about what they are, they're passionate about. And if they're activated, then I think we'd have, it's a numbers game. I think if we have more people who are activated, then we can actually make some incremental, not incremental, ma- major right? changes, yeah. <laughs> exponential changes on some of these really uh, issues that just seem to be weighing us down. Yeah. And so for me, writing the book had that practical you know, aspect to it, but it also had this really ambitious a- aspect to it, which is let's ignite more people. Let's get more people out there being purposeful hustlers, and then let's see how the world could change if we're working together. Yeah. And the beauty of that, I think, is that we realize that everybody is talented or gifted or blessed, if you will, in, a, in different ways. And you know, the, the diversity of that is, is so important and it's, it's wonderful because maybe the way that I'm gifted is different than the way you are is different than your neighbor, but understanding that if we all come together, we understand, okay, how can I take my giftedness, my talents, and what can I do with it? How can I affect change or have an impact? As you said, I think that's important. At the end of your book, I really liked Irma Bombeck's, (laughs) her quote that says, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, I used everything you gave me. 
Yes. Yeah, I think that's great. So purposeful hustlers are not passive participants in their lives. They take initiative. They go out with what they have and they build from it. They get creative with their resources and they keep moving every day by intentionally acting, even in small ways, to fulfill their purpose. So the bottom line is to find your passion, what makes you hustle, and match it with purpose so that the result is something that can have a great impact. Uh, again, I think the book is fantastic. Uh, Deanna, if you much. can tell our listeners how they can get their hands on it. Sure. So the book is actually available on all of the you know typical websites that you'd find it, so on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But you can also go directly to DeannaSing.com, and you can actually take a, a look at the book. Uh, there's also the children's books that are up there. What we do is we actually take proceeds from those books, and that's what we use to fund the foundation. So if you go to DeannaSing.com, you'd also be then supporting this larger you know, foundation and, and the things that we're trying to do in the community. And do you have a Facebook page? Yes, we do have a Facebook page. So again, if you go to Deanna Singh and you look us up, you'll you'll get all the latest and greatest information. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important that we're trying to focus on here is not only just how we ignite one-to-one individuals, but how we ignite large groups. And mm. so one of the most exciting things has been being able to stand in front of a group of 300 and 400 people and light that fire and then see what happens to organizations after that. And so there's lots of information about where we're doing that how we're doing that and how we're trying to be really intentional about making change awesome that's great thank you thank you for being here today i I appreciate you sharing uh, all this good information in the next segment we're going to learn about an organization that you're passionate about and something that aligns with your purposeful hustle and has the potential to be life-changing milwaukee county has one of the highest percentages of renter households in the midwest a little over 50 percent in february Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett unveiled a plan to construct 10,000 affordable housing units, especially in and around downtown, over the next 10 years. And affordable housing was the subject of a major planning effort by the Southeastern Wisconsin Regional Planning Commission. So it's a subject that's getting some attention. Stay tuned to hear about an organization that's helping to lower that over 50% renter household statistic, one homeowner at a time. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. My next guest is Michael Gossman, Executive Director from Axe Housing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. Excited to be here. Excited to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about how you found your purpose? How did you arrive at Axe Housing? Absolutely. Well, I I wish I had had the benefit of Deanna's book, but unfortunately it had not come (laughs) out yet. So I needed to figure it out on my own. And so really what I did was I started with my hustle. So throughout my life, whether it was having uh, 20 lawn jobs when I was in middle school or slinging peanuts at a county stadium as a peanut vendor in high school, I was always a really hard worker. And I found that if I worked really hard, um, I could do well. I could uh, be um, rewarded in some ways for, for my work. Uh, but then I found myself in my early 30s uh, as a finance attorney, uh, working at a big firm, a job that uh, a lot of people would say was very desirable. And I found myself not fulfilled. And that's when I started to wonder what my purpose was. And again, without the benefit of uh, Deanna's book, 
I, I, I did not do all the introspection. I did not take the time for myself that maybe would have gotten me there quicker. I just started getting out there, meeting people, learning about amazing things going on in the community. And the first thing that I found that really excited me, I decided I was going to figure out a way to add value and become a part of that effort. And that's how I started as a volunteer with Axe Housing. Okay. Well, unfortunately, our radio show wasn't around at that time either because, you know, that's that's what we do. We share resources and figure out ways that people can collaborate and use their passion and their talents and skills in a way that will affect the masses, uh, ideally. Um, so I've done some research on the mission and the programs at, of ACTS, and, and I have to tell you, it seems like you all do really meaningful work, but home ownership can be difficult, even for families that have a lot of resources and connections. So how does ACTS Housing support families with limited income and barriers in owning their own homes? Uh, well, that's thank you for that question, Jill, because home ownership is just, it's, it's a... Um, it's almost insurmountable. It seems like such a big thing for so many people, even people who, as you say, have resources, have money, have have networks. Um, there's so much paperwork. There's all of these terms that get thrown around that you might not have been familiar with previously. Um, and so even as myself, an attorney, buying my first home with my wife, I still leaned heavily on my dad because my parents had bought homes before, and so I was checking with him. So what Axe tries to do is just level the playing field. So for families, for individuals that are strong, that are smart, that are hardworking, but don't necessarily have the support network that can help them figure out how to get mortgage financing, can help them determine how different products, mortgage products might be different, can help them determine how much home they truly can afford, and then how to be successful with home ownership. We surround that individual with a team of, of supportive guides who can uh, help them throughout the process, whether it's working on budgeting, whether it's uh, eventually introducing them to different uh, bank products that might exist, or supporting them in the rehab of a home, where we have a, a team of rehab counselors that will guide a family and help them go from not necessarily being comfortable taking on a large project to having a high degree of confidence that they can, um, with our support, execute on a rehab project and take a home that was distressed and make it an amazing place for their family to live. Okay, so why have you found then that your model is an improvement over renting? So several reasons. So what we hear from so many families, and it's one of the, the significant reasons that, that our weekly orientations, every single week we, we have orientations at our office where people can come in, learn about the work. And what, we've, what we see when we ask people, why do you come? Very often it's just the rent is, is too much. They're paying six, seven, eight hundred dollars $800 a month in rent. It's often more than a third of their income. In some cases, they're spending more than half of their income on rent. And we offer a pathway to home ownership that is not only um, sustainable, but it's affordable. Oftentimes, they're saving more than $200 a month monthly, transitioning from renting to owning. And so what that lets them do is not only have control over their own space, but it frees up that money for life's other necessities because many of these families are, um, you know, scrimping on the the food they can have in their refrigerator or struggling with transportation issues, struggling to, you know, help their kids who are in school with the books or materials they need. And so that that savings, which might sound modest to some of your listeners, to a lot of the families we work with, it just has a massive impact in terms of, you know, how they're able to get through the day-to-day and and, and provide for their family. Yeah, and I think um, many of us think that it's just uh, common knowledge that you would own versus rent, 
Um, but it, you know, you look at the statistic that over 50% in Milwaukee are renter households as opposed to homeowners. So again, giving that knowledge, giving that information is so crucial, um, to make sure that people have all the information and can make an intelligent decision. Um, agreed. And, And for so many of the families that we're fortunate enough to get to work with, they never thought homeownership was for them, you know, because of um, their family members not owning a home, because that they might be refugees or immigrants, because they might not think of themselves as being uh, financially savvy. Homeownership is something that that many times before they learn about our, our work, they, they thought, oh, that's for a different group of people. And then when, when they come into our office and we're able to show them um, how they can get there. And for each person, we work on an individualized plan that reflects their needs, their desires, and also their financial position, their family situation. Um, we can we can light a fire under them. Often, you know, they had a fire before, but we're giving them an actual pathway to realize this dream of theirs. And when that dream comes true, it's just such an exciting thing to be a part of. I imagine. I imagine. Uh, Deanna, you, you've been quite involved with Axe Housing over the years. Um, why have you stayed connected? And how do you think the organization's mission aligns with your purpose? So my purpose is to shift power to marginalized communities. And Michael just went through the list of people who come and access the resources at Axe Housing. And uh, oftentimes, like like he said, there's just a lot of people who want this, who dream about this, who, but think that it's outside their grasp. And Axe makes those dreams reality. All of the staff members at Axe are phenomenal. They are all purposeful hustlers. They all show up to work thinking about how they can work with the families who are so resilient, so powerful in and of themselves. And so you just see this constant shift of power, right? And so when a family is able to have home ownership, then their children think, I can have home ownership. Then their neighbors think, I can have home ownership. And you see these incredible ripples throughout uh, the community. So it's a a real honor, actually, to be. I've been volunteering with ACTS for for many, many, many years. They cannot get rid of me. Uh, (laughs) And it's because I, I care about that. When you have security, economic security, housing security, it opens up the possibilities and the potential for things that you can do outside of of that space. We all need that. I don't care how rich you are, poor you are, whatever, however, whatever, you know, adjective you want to put in front of a person. Everybody needs those things. Those are basic necessities, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and Axe House does it with so much grace and uh, and just really adds a lot of value to our community. And I think it's, it's wonderful when I hear uh, listeners tell me that, uh, they've never heard of some of these organizations. And at first you might say that's a good thing, but I really think it is because, again, we talk about collaboration, we talk about education, um, sharing resources, all these things, and you fit very well in that uh, in that space. Um, you know, we want to make sure that people are aware that this type of organization exists and that there is education, there is help, there is support. Uh, with Axe Housing. Um, Axe has actually supported nearly 2,500 homeowners since 1995. No small accomplishment, right? So stay tuned to hear from a woman who actually went through the process and is now a proud homeowner. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. 
Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach, and I'm talking with Michael Gossman from Axe Housing. And we also have the opportunity to talk with an Axe Housing homeowner, Marianne Peterson. Thank you for joining us today, Marianne. Thank you. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about your process with Axe Housing. Well, um, mostly found out through word of mouth. And I went and uh, seeked information. And immediately it was complete giving to support to help you find a way to do it to get in a home, to, to budget your, your work, uh, build credit, all the things that are necessary. And um, that's pretty much where it started. And then they're staying with you, supporting you, keeping you uh, focused with yourself and having faith in yourself to be able to do it. That's important. Yeah, yeah. I, it was vitally important because... It can seem very scary, and there were a lot of times I thought, oh, am I stepping too far off the cliff here? Um, but I was constantly uh, talked to and reassured and, and taught how to go through and have confidence in what it is I was trying to accomplish. And they were fabulous in that respect. And I imagine, Mike, there's a, a lot of people that come through the doors are in that same situation, right? I mean, they're scared. They... They're scared that maybe they might be taking too much, you know, biting off more than they can chew. Um, so it's incredibly daunting. And what we've discovered is everyone who comes to the door thinks it's daunting. And then each individual, um, and when they come to us, they're strong. You don't come to us, you don't seek home ownership unless you're uh, a strong person who's capable of doing amazing things. But um, each person has the own, their own barriers that they need to get through. For some, it might be credit. For others, it might be um, really confidence or just a general understanding of, of, of how, how financing a home purchase works. Um, for still others, it's language barriers. And so our job as, as a team is to, is to work with the individual to figure out what are their barriers, what could be holding them back, what support do they need to, um, to move along the path and to be wildly successful uh, in their home ownership journey as, as Marianne was. Okay, and and I had mentioned before that in February, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett unveiled a plan to construct 10,000 affordable housing units in and around downtown over the next 10 years. Are you finding that, let's say somebody comes to you, Marianne comes to you, do do you go find the housing for them or do they come to you and say, I want to live in this area, uh, I want to have my kids go to this school? It's very dependent, again, on the individual. What I'll say is, Everyone has some idea of where they want to live, uh, but um, but they don't necessarily know where they can afford. Okay. And so a big part of the process is working with them to understand what their budget will allow, presenting them with all the options that exist that could meet their needs. And then it's absolutely up to that individual to decide in what neighborhood, on what block, am I going to feel like I want to make my investment, build my home. Uh, what I will say, and this is a benefit of having been been around for a while, we have nearly 2,500 homeowners. And so when we have families that aren't sure about a specific block or a specific neighborhood, 
What we can do is we can knock on the door of one of their neighbors who bought a home through our program maybe a year ago, maybe five years ago, maybe 20 years ago, and say, hey, would you be willing to talk to this prospective homeowner, share your experiences about this block to help them understand whether this is a place that maybe they want to live or maybe they need to look somewhere else? Well, that's nice. Yeah, having someone that they can speak to that's been through the process or can lend some share some information is 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 good. And so just the idea of affordable housing being kind of a topic that's being discussed is is a good thing. You know, it's Yeah, it's it's encouraging that that housing has moved sort of to the center of the narrative about some of the opportunities that we have in Milwaukee. A lot of that is a result of Matt Desmond's book Evicted, which really shined a spotlight on uh, the affordable housing crisis, the eviction crisis that exists uh, in Milwaukee. Uh, he used Milwaukee as sort of his laboratory, though it's a national problem. And that went, that went on to win the Pulitzer Prize. So I think that's part of the reason that there's, there's more interest in this topic than there was previously. Um, and we love all the academic research. We love the, the attention sort of at the citywide scale. Uh, but really, we're, we're at the grassroots. We're working with an individual like Marianne, and we're trying to figure out how can we help her get to where she wants to go. Sure. Uh, yeah. And you know, I know she had a very clear vision of the type of home that she wanted for her family, and it's amazing to then see you know uh, what she's been able to do with that opportunity. Well, and Deanna talks about how your purposeful hustle is all about doing work that aligns with your purpose. And so, Mike, you're you're saying that. Um, that Marianne is is motivated a lot by family and kids. So Marianne, would would you tell us a little bit about how that purpose as a mother has fueled you? Well, there's kind of a threefold there. It's the children, it's myself, and you you get empowered that this is your responsibility, this is yours. You go to yourself when you goof up. Um, renting personally infuriated me. I would have landlords that would go on vacations on my money, never fix things, never take care of things, never listen to my needs. Uh, If I were to take it on my own to fix things, I wouldn't get reimbursed. Mm -hmm. So those were issues there, not to mention I thought he was overpricing me. You know, uh, with the kids, it was vital to me that I have something uh, that's solid and that can be there, that's security. When I leave to go meet my maker, there, there's a security. And I know my kids are in college age, but the way things are with finances and stuff, they're going to want to try renting a place with a couple of uh, schoolmates, and you're going to have somebody who doesn't pay the rent. You're going to have uh, different conflicts. They need a place to come back to, uh, it just the security of it. And with me, it's empowering. I can plant a tree if I want. I don't have to have permission. And and that's just such a such a key point. This you know it's a, it sounds like a small thing planting a tree, but. You know, when you look at the way most most of us who, who've rented at times, you don't have ownership of that space. You don't think of that space as fully yours. And so you don't do all the things that you've done, I know, to make your home just this unbelievably warm, loving, secure place for your family, um, really invested in it. And because of that investment, because of, of individuals like Marianne who take this responsibility as homeowners very seriously – what we've seen is that home ownership is far more sustainable than rentals. Um, you look in um, 
Uh, every single day in the city of Milwaukee, there are 40 individuals who are um, evicted uh, from their rental apartments. Um, it's very difficult in the, the uh, center city of Milwaukee for many families to maintain rentals. What we've seen working with a very similar clientele, families of modest incomes, is that over a 20-plus year history, 94% of our families have actually been successful in their homeownership journeys. And That's so, fantastic. 94%? Yeah, it's, wow. um, it's something we did a pretty exhaustive study uh, to, to look into this just a couple years ago. And what that tells us is um, not only do people want to become home, homeowners, but they're going to take that responsibility of being a homeowner very seriously. And they're going to help not only improve their lives and the lives of their, their children, as Marianne's done, but they're improving the blocks and the neighborhoods that they live in and helping to create the type of city that I know all of us really want Milwaukee to be. Okay. Now there's, um, our listeners will ask us, uh, how they can get involved. You know, again, what's great about this, this show is that, uh, listeners get to hear from organizations, the small grassroots organizations that, uh, you may not hear about otherwise and, uh, learn how they can get involved or how can they help. So, uh, what might be a challenge or a greatest need for Axe Housing? Well, I would say there's so many ways to get involved, and, and we want your involvement with Axe to help fulfill your purpose as an individual, either who wants to buy a home, who wants to donate, who wants to volunteer. So the absolute best way to learn more about us, uh, go on our website. It's uh, axehousing.org. That's A-C-T-S housing.org. Um, you can click on the Buy a Home link, and you can learn about becoming a homeowner. You can come to one of our weekly orientations. Um, and there's also opportunities to learn about uh, the support needs that we have, how you can contribute financially, or how you can you know, volunteer in a meaningful way. And so um, we also are active on all the social media challenge, uh, all the social media channels. So we just love to connect with people, and we have a variety of ways to show uh, your listeners our work firsthand, so they can determine if Axe Housing is uh, an organization that they'd like to get involved with in some way. I just do want to give one caution, which is that I started out my my uh, time with Axe Housing as a volunteer, and now six years later, I'm a full-time employee, so they just should be forewarned that they, they <laughs> might, uh, if they love it as much as I do, it might become uh, a calling more than just uh, a nonprofit to support. And if that's the case, that's awesome, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, it's it's uh, it's been inspiring today to talk to all of you. Thank you so much for sharing your passion and your experiences and your purposeful hustle. Um, but I want to close us with one final question. What, and this can be Mike towards Mike or Marianne, but what advice would you have for anyone who's out there struggling to find their purpose and make a positive impact? Uh be determined. You know what you want. Be determined and, and just keep to it because it is there. And I know with Axe, their support group will vanish any of your insecurities about yourself. So it, it's fabulous. And, and I give two pieces of advice. The first one is uh, I need to say uh, read Deanna's book because I wish I had <laughs> yeah. earlier. Um, if you, it if, is you fantastic. if you haven't yes. read her book yet or if you um, uh, are, are not so inclined, I would say just do something. I think so often we let finding the perfect thing getting in the way of doing something meaningful that we will find value in and it can tr- contribute to the community. So whether that's Axe Housing or something else, find something that interests you and see if there's a way you can help. Yeah, and that's exactly what what we're about, right? We talk about that uh, 
uh, over and over in each of the segments. So that's that's exactly what we uh, what we're here for. The other thing that I'd say is that uh, I think being a purposeful hustle hustler or having a purpose that can be really daunting. And so what I what I would encourage everyone to think about is um, how can you quickly easily expose yourself to something new in the community that might really excite you. Because I imagine a lot of your listeners are um, thoughtful people who have you know full lives. Um, but might be looking for a little bit something more, but they don't even know where to start. And so one example of a place to start at Axe Housing is that we have uh, every couple months we'll do a neighborhood tour. And this will be an opportunity for individuals who might wind up being donors or volunteers or partners to actually come into the neighborhoods that we work in to visit a distressed home, uh, a home that's foreclosed, that's owned often by the city, and see what that's like. And at the same time, hear from our my colleagues what does that home need and how are we going to help a family rehab that home? And the next step on the tour is visiting a family who's reclaimed a home. So if you were extremely lucky, you'd get to visit Mary Ann's house. Mm-hmm. Probably it would be it would be another homeowner. But the point is you get to see an incredible family that's put all this work into uh, building a beautiful home for themselves and their children. And at the end of the tour, there's a discussion. And what I'll say is, um, you might have a, a full a full life between your job and your family and these other things, but I think if you can expose yourself to some things that are sort of outside of your day-to-day and see some of the strength that exists in our city, you might find a way um, that you, you might really feel compelled to get involved in a, in a more significant way. Um, if that's with Axe Housing, that's amazing. Uh, you can go to axehousing.org, A-C-T-S housing.org, and learn about all the ways you can get involved with us. But there's also many other groups that have been featured on this show that are other ways and pathways to get involved and and do some real good for our community. Um, I want to thank all my guests today, Deanna Singh from Flying Elephants, Michael Gosman from Axe Housing, and me, Marianne Peterson. Thank you all for doing what you do and bringing empowerment to individuals in our community. If you'd like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. You can also visit our website at ellenbecker.com and listen to the podcast. You can ask Alexa by simply saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130 on your Amazon device, and you can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they're having an impact and making a difference regarding issues that affect our community. We hope that this will inspire you to make a difference and get involved with a local nonprofit in your community and find your passion, get your purposeful hustle on, find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great weekend.